0: Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I occasionally run across a single verse of Scripture that in a nutshell gives a synopsis of the whole gospel, I get a charge. Get a charge of great joy. And we want to we run across one of those verses, I believe, today and St. Paul's letter uh, to the Philippians where he wrote that his prayer for the people there was that, and I quote, they might hold on to what is excellent and that they may be pure and blameless for the day of Jesus Christ. Now Paul said something very similar to this uh, in Ephesians, Ephesians 1.4, where he said, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That we should be blameless before God. And in Colossians, we read, You who were once estranged and hostile in mind, Christ is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you blameless and irreproachable. Now, it's not the fact that we stand one day blameless before God, is that not the, the gospel in a nutshell? Blame us before God. It's little wonder that one of the great uh, prayers in all of the prayer book is a prayer that we that is set aside for the burial rite. Here's one of the grand old Anglican uh, liturgy prayers uh, for the burial. Into thy hands, O Lord, we commend thy servant John Doe, our dear brother, as into the hands of a faithful creator and most merciful savior, beseeching thee that he may be precious in thy sight. Wash him, we pray, in the blood of that immaculate lamb that was slain to take away the sins of the world. That whatsoever defilements he may have contracted in the midst of this earthly life, being purged and done away, he may be presented pure and without blame before thee through the merits of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Blame plays a major part of the dark side of the human condition. And it all started at the very dawn of history. Chapter three, the very beginning of the Bible, which I would say is one of the saddest chapters in all of scripture. You know the story. Satan talked Eve into eating the forbidden fruit. Eve talked Adam into taking a bite. And God, from whom no secrets are hid, first approached Adam and said, Have you eaten of the fruit which I forbade? Yes, Adam said. But the woman whom you gave to me, she talked me into eating it. There was no use for Adam to deny it. So he attempts to take at least some of the blame and cast it over to Eve and whom God gave him so he wants to be sure that God gets a little bit perhaps of that blame himself and similarly Eve what did she do when God confronted her she attempted to cast some of the blame on the devil himself the, the serpent he beguiled me and I ate see blame is a brat that few people are willing to completely own and I think that I can hear someone saying, yes, I did say some ugly things to my wife last night, but but I'm under a lot of stress. So we put at least a little bit of that blame on the stress. Oh, the power of blame. Even in the little things. Not too long ago, I decided to take a sandwich to the office with me for my lunch that day. And Jane had been to the grocery store, so the bread and the ham and the... Organic girl lettuce And the tomato was there And all the things that I like on my sandwich They were all there except one thing No mayonnaise, there was no mayonnaise And Jane had already left the house So I left a note With one word on it That she could see when she returned said mayonnaise And it was written in the bold Magic marker Underlined twice with two exclamation points I mean how dare She Ruined my day. No mayonnaise. Jane was blameworthy. How did she react when I got home that evening? And she said, Oh, by the way, you misspelled mayonnaise. <laughs> but even more crippling than the little things are the big things. In the aforementioned scripture in Colossians, Paul said, you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, now Christ has now reconciled in his body of flesh by death in order to present you blameless and irreproachable. Estranged and hostile, are powerful words that indicate a persistent part of the human condition. Without Christ, we are all woefully blameworthy. Blame is a killer. People carry blame and accusation and guilt to their graves. And Adam and Eve make it so clear that we all have this inherent quest for blamelessness. And it seems to me that the quest for blamelessness is absolutely universal. I'm intrigued by the very name of no-fault insurance. I don't know much about no-fault insurance. But I sure would like to buy some no-fault, no-blame insurance when the day comes for me to stand before the Lord. What I'm trying to say is the habit of always putting blame and casting blame uh, is something that's a part of our condition. Uh, And as we did from the very beginning of of creation, uh, and it is simply a wart in the face of humanity. But when we come to see it correctly, we won't be looking for a way to shed blame, but we'll be looking for a savior. And all of this blame ducking, all of this locating scapegoats, has absolutely nothing to do with what St. Paul said when he exhorted the Philippians uh, to hold hold on to what is excellent so that one day they may be pure and blameless before Jesus Christ. It all comes back to the old, old story of the gospel. Jesus came into the world to take our blame on himself. He crucified it, and he rose again that we may stand blameless before God. Someone emailed me uh, just last week uh, and said that, in her opinion, we were just too, at the Advent, we were just too one-dimensional and I, I naturally took that to mean that we were a little bit too focused uh, on the gospel, a one-dimensional. And I wrote her back and said, "You know, you made my day. <laughs> That's the greatest compliment I think I've ever had." In a recent sermon, Andrew Pearson said that every Christian at some point in time doubts themselves and, and fear that they fear that their own standing with God is in question. But this is the mark of a true Christian. And in closing, let me say that I found that absolutely true. I was with a man uh, last week, uh, very near his deathbed, uh, and he said that his greatest fear was that God would reject him. Not fear of death, but fear that God would reject him because of the guilt, the blameworthiness of his soul. But brothers and Christians, that kind of feeling is the mark of a true Christian. But we need not stop there. We have a Savior whose birth that we celebrate... On Christmas, who came into the world to take the blame away. And I simply close on the second Sunday in Advent which with words that conclude uh, the epistle uh, of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you without blame before the presence of his glory with rejoicing to the only God our Savior t- Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.